0: The idea is really to create a living lab where research, where teaching, learning benefit from access to real data and and connectivity. And it's a kind of, let's say, safe space and a test environment for really for AI technology.
1: to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human in AI, Mind Machines and the Gradient Descent.
2: Thanks for tuning into our geeky podcast to discuss the fascinating field of AI and machine learning, corporate craziness, passion for technology, and the role of humans. We are Uli and Avery, your hosts for this episode. And today, we're super excited to have none other than Natasha Eckhart, the global head of university relations at Siemens. Natasha is a purpose-driven and inspiring role model who's passionate, not only about leading innovation and technology-driven teams, but also about shaping a research ecosystem that really creates impact. So I guess we should waste no more time and dive right into it. Natasha, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you and where do we catch you today?
0: Thanks for having me today. So I'm super excited to be part of your amazing podcast series. Um, I really love it. Um, And and actually, you catch me in Perlach today uh, after quite a while. So so we are still working more or less completely remotely. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the original idea for today was that I am the test user for the brand new professional podcast equipment uh, that we sponsored for our Siemens PhD network. They run their own podcast, but uh, while unpacking the whole equipment and facing the technical challenges, uh, I finally decided to to use my normal headset so uh, let's let 's say my physical companion for the last uh, two years now, uh, nevertheless, I think it feels pretty good to to broadcast or to to podcast um, here from from siemens from from Legoland how we call our uh, 70s style Siemens campus in, 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 in Perlach. And uh, yeah, maybe by the way, talking about our industrial PhDs, um, currently we, we have uh, more than 30% out of our 120. PhDs work actually on, on AI related PhD theses, so awesome. AI in whatever flexible manufacturing systems, in simulation, in medical imaging. So uh, that that's really an amazing, and I hope that the number of PhDs uh, will increase in in future.
1: So we, so we do actually. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's very impressive. Maybe after this podcast, even more people will apply. Yeah, Let's apply yeah, please. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Natasha, you are the global head of university relations. So, maybe the first question would be when you look back at your time at uni, what really inspired you then to take the path that led you to become um, or to, to join the position that you have today at Siemens? Was that always the goal?
0: a <laughs> good question actually my time at university is is donkeys years ago um but uh, I spent quite some time at at university so uh, I don't know, not a a lot of people know it, I I did not study uh, technical studies I I studied business administration Um, I then did my PhD in strategic management uh, worked also as a lecturer and supervisor of bachelor and master students, um, part time also for a consulting firm but the big question then was one day should I follow uh, an academic career um, but then i thought oh gosh I'm, I'm i'm missing really the deep practical experience i, I would need to even act as a, as a professor one day so uh, i changed sides um, I, I joined Siemens corporate strategy um, at that time and and interestingly and and uh, now we are getting a bit closer to this you head of, of university relation one of my first projects actually was uh, one together with human resources so, uh, the project uh, focused on really setting up a, a strategic partnership program with selected universities um, in order to, to align better research and recruiting, um, but also to create a more visible and, let's also say, sustainable engagement with those strategic partners. So, at that time, the idea or the program of the CKIs, the so-called Center of Knowledge Interchange program was born and uh, that was in, in, in 2001 though more than 20 years ago and yeah, after that, I moved to the corporate r and d department, so the corporate technology nowadays the the technology uh, department and i I really learned more about really the fantastic world of, of, of technologies and mm. uh, brought them closer to the global siemens businesses and um, then, interestingly, the topic of university relation and the team. Um, they were transferred to to corporate technology, and uh, my first thought was, "Oh, I'm, I'm it's absolutely tailored for me this this job." Um, so I raised my hand for this job, um, and 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 I got it. Um, was it always the goal to be the global head of university relation one day? Maybe not the goal, but I would say really a kind of of, of lucky or, or faithful incident. And I would say nowadays certainly it's one of the best jobs um, at Siemens uh, because you meet bright minds, crazy people all over the world. Uh, You you really are at the forefront also of technology and and innovation and and can help to accelerate also the success of the Siemens businesses. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can show young people what an amazing company Siemens is and yeah. Last but not least, I have a fantastic team. We have an amazing university relation community within Siemens, um, which are absolutely driven by an innovative and collaborative spirit. So, um, I'm, I'm happy where I am, um, even if it hasn't maybe not been the goal from the beginning on. <laughs>
1: But in, in now in corporate technology or in technology as we nowadays say right and it's I somehow technology you know is, is you know I don't know close to two thousand people I guess nowadays yeah. Yeah. actually with uh, you know expertise in all critical verticals and future technology stacks it's somehow the mandate of you know connecting actually academia you know mm-hmm. um, to the business and to, to real world challenges I guess right and for that is it seems to be you on a, a very pivotal uh, point because you're you know you're connecting you know both industry and academia partners and and bringing the the network actually worldwide together you know Uh, how can you know from outside view how can one imagine somehow what is this collaboration all about what kind of types are we having do we have a set of university what are these universities we're connected to can you guide us a bit through this collaboration yeah for sure
0: i'd love to do so um yeah so i think connecting the the two worlds is 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 quite a good expression um, and and connecting the two worlds it does not happen without any effort so I think we at Siemens we, we are in the luxurious situation uh, that we have a dedicated globally set team that drives and facilitates partnerships with the academic um, institutions and um, as I said, one of my first projects was exactly to kick off or to start to establish um, a strategic partnership program with the selected universities. Um, at that time, we had a two-tier program, so uh, the Center of Knowledge Interchange, so let's say the Ivy League or so the first-tier uh, league mm-hmm. of strategic partners. We, we had some more principal partners and, and what makes the, the, the whole setup so unique was that we had um, uh, partnership managers on the university side so we had the CKI managers um, they were employed by the university paid from our side out of our budgets and they were kind of key account for just uh, managing all the different activities connecting the two worlds connecting people And this is, I think, we we, we celebrated uh, the 20th anniversary last year. Um, And interestingly, and it's a good question that you have raised the question, um, we used a bit the the COVID time, a bit more quiet time for us, to also reflect and revise the established CKI and principal partner program. Um, And interestingly, what we observed is that the universities, they have changed a lot over the last years. So in the past, you have seen universities or observed them more as kind of solo player. Mm -hmm. Um, In the meantime, they work more and more in global ecosystems, in regional Mm -hmm. ecosystems, but also in global ecosystems. So they uh, partner up with other universities. They collaborate closely with research institutes like Fraunhofer, but they also run their own um, startup programs, tech accelerators. So we see more and more, academic startups coming out of those universities. And the idea was we thought, oh, maybe we should really revise the program, bring it to the next level, adapt it a bit to what's mm. going on outside. Um, and, and we created a new program. We we just closed the chapter of the CKI's principal partner and established a new program. It's, it's called the Siemens Research and Innovation Ecosystem. Um, we count 16. Uh, of those ecosystem. It's, it's a very global. Um, set up. And uh, for all the 16 ecosystems, we, we have uh, still a lead university which orchestrates a bit the whole ecosystem, which helps us to connect the different players in, in, in the ecosystem. And I think uh, or hope uh, the idea is that those ecosystem will also help to accelerate Siemens success as, as a leading Tech company, so um, it's they are clearly built on on excellence in in technology and but also in excellence in in partnership and, yeah. Therefore, we are still in a progress to to also match uh, the Siemens core technologies with those sixteen ecosystem to figure out where we really have great um, or fig- have collaborations with with the best researchers uh, in those ecosystems. And I think why is it crucial to, to work in those ecosystems? Um, you mentioned it. We count a lot of R&D employees within Siemens, approximately forty thousand, if I have the right figure um, in mind. Uh, but we need the external partners to speed up technology development and and innovation. And we need, I think, this is also very obvious. If you talk about uh, the future workforce, we need the critical talent to really master the immense digital transformation um, of, of uh, the, uh, that our businesses are facing and I think it's always great to, to get those impulses mm. from outside you learn about the latest trends uh, the upcoming disruptive technologies and and if you talk to the startups, I think you have done it uh, also a couple of times. Um, I'm always amazed by, by this innovative spirit and, and the fresh ideas they, they, they are bringing.
1: Yeah, the flexibility they pivot, right? They adapt uh, super fast and, you know, come with fresh ideas. Uh, don't, yeah, yeah, don't know it, about it, all it, the politics. and yeah, Exactly, it, that's it. They have this, this
0: kind yeah. of, they yeah. are still wild and they are yeah as soon as you join a big corporate uh, you learn about rules regulations and i think then it's getting a bit um yeah challenge more challenging also to foster or to drive Mm. innovation
2: Natasha, you just drew very comprehensively how the um, Siemens research and innovation ecosystem is set up. And now uh, we would be super excited to learn what typical projects or initiatives are inside that that you are driving or that you're in particular passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you remember that was outstanding to you <laughs> or very formative? um
0: yeah so, so let me let me start a bit elaborating on on the typical project so I think on the research side we, we have a variety of engagements and this does not really differ maybe from other big corporates um, so so we have some smaller engagements like uh, feasibility studies or white papers we we have our standard engagement uh, into contracted research or publicly funded research Research and, and those research projects are covering all the 11 Siemens core technology fields. And they range from, from uh, data analytics, artificial intelligence, to power electronics, to cybersecurity. So it's a broad range of, of technologies where, where we run um, projects then with the ecosystem partners, but certainly also with, with other universities and research institutes. And and then we are coming to some more long-term institutions. Institutional investments um, those might be some joint research centers maybe you have heard we we kicked off recently a uh, center of excellence for digital um, for simulation and digital twin um, at Georgia Tech mm-hmm. but we also have those kind of endowed professorships which have a certain I would say also a a good awareness. We created Siemens a good awareness for certain topics. So for a couple of years we had an endowed uh, professorship or endowed chair for sustainable building at the ETH Zurich um, we are just sponsoring an endowed junior professor um, for smart mobility systems in, in Berlin at the einstein center mm-hmm. for digital future um, though we have a variety of engagements and also the initiatives we, we they are manifold and, and I know Uli, you know the applied AI initiative because you are part of uh, though the initiative from the yeah
1: um, kudos to andreas and Philip if you, if you yeah, exactly.
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's 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 a great plan platform where you can meet people from from all different stakeholders from mm-hmm. science from other industries from the public sectors you meet startups so i think this is great to bring the, the people together and to to brainstorm and and also bring um different competences together um you ask for one one outstanding project and and i would mention something which i really like very much because it was something very creative we um, launched together with a a university strategic university partner is the RWTH aachen um and, and we were talking about how can we really establish a more long-term driven strategic um, project setup, up, um, which is also set up in a more interdisciplinary way. And um, I'm not sure, but some of the, the audiences or the, the listeners might know it. Um, there is a great, very academic format. Um, it's called the collaborative research centers in in German. It's the Sonderforschungsbereich um, from the German Research Foundation. And and this is a a very long-term university-based research institution established for up to 12 years in in which really researchers work together with a very multidisciplinary research program. And our idea was, oh, let's take this very academic format um, and and just adapt it or make. A copy for for an industrial environment. So um, the Sonderforschungsbereiche, the abbreviation is SFB. Mm-hmm. So we created an S-FB, um, the Siemens <laughs> Forschungsbereich, the Siemens <laughs> Research Field, which was which yeah. was a very obvious copy of uh, this academic format, mm-hmm. um, and and we really focused on strategic topics with a Multi-million invest with significant number mm. of PhDs, important patent yeah. applications, and and I think I'm, I'm quite proud of we we mm. had uh, we have had three of them so far. The first one was focused on rare earth and green mining. Uh, the second one focused on e technologies, and uh, the still running one. Uh, the third one is is focusing on future train twenty 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 five plus. So this is something I'll ever remember, I think, because it was so easy also to to establish something new and bring it into the world, also into the university world. That shows uh, for those strategic partnerships, you you, you even can generate innovation. Also on on the side of the formats or the the way you collaborate with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome expanding state of the art right academia and research and real world problems right exactly. uh, motivated by the business exactly. and it's awesome to, it <laughs> <laughs> to which extent is then you know what's the role of AI can you can you you know are you involved uh, what kind of where are we or Siemens or you um, involved in, in AI and machine learning and research right mm-hmm. are there any use cases um, where mm-hmm. you see like oh that's pretty pretty dope that's pretty hot that's pretty cool That's that allows allows us to access great talent from the academia and the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. world of the academia and institutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I already mentioned the, the the numbers of industrial PhDs. They work on mm-hmm. AI projects. Um, we have several honorary professorships and, and lots of lecturers being active in the field of AI Research and and education, and if you take a look at the Siemens core technology, um, data analytics, and uh, artificial intelligence you see more and more investments that are assigned to the external research partners mm. um, which for me I, I like it because I think especially in this field we we need the the brain the outside brain power also the brain power from from uh, the cool startups we see outside um, we are involved in a couple of AI projects we are a member of diverse AI initiatives like the already mentioned applied AI um, initiative here in Munich, um, and and we have also run a couple of exciting AI challenges with universities and research institutes. I think we we, we also have done uh, a couple of them, which which was quite exciting. And uh, coming down to examples, m- maybe I can, can give you or, or name some cool examples. So
2: There we go. Um,
0: <laughs> I think a very good example, and I, I like it. It's hot of the press, more or less. I'm hot of the press, warm, warm of the press, I would okay. say, um, is, is the example of University of Birmingham. So um, in, in partnership with the Siemens Smart Infrastructure Business, uh, oh. the University of, of Birmingham, they want to transform the two campuses they have in the UK and, and the other one in Dubai into really world smartest global campuses. And uh, that's cool because uh, they want to build a green campus where, where the latest technologies are combined, so from the digital sensor and analytics technologies to AI uh, to decentralized energy generation and storage, um, but also covering concepts that help change the user's behavior um, when living in, in this campus. And I think really to create a, a living lab where research, where teaching, learning benefit from access to to, to real data and and connectivity. And it's a kind of, let's say, safe space and and a test environment for really for AI technologies. So, I think this is something what what I really like. And and hopefully, we can take this as a use case, um, which can be multiplied also to, to other um, global university campuses. So let's see, F- fingers crossed for this. Um, and I think we as Siemens, and, and especially the, the business of Siemens Smart Infrastructure is, is quite well positioned for for, for driving those really um, smart uh, university campuses. Another AI project, and this is more out of the, it's a publicly funded project. Um, it's a European um, AI on demand platform. Um, they always have nice abbreviations, so it's AI for EU, um, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a huge project. So yeah, that's pretty huge. Twenty million uh, euro mm-hmm. by the European Union, and the idea is is to create an, an open platform uh, for European researcher, for educators, entrepreneurs, innovators who really work on innovation based on AI technologies and you can call it a kind of, let's say, one-stop shop for for anyone looking for AI knowledge or technology for tools, services, experts. And and they have also an experimental platform um, where you can build AI solutions in a very intuitive way. So for me, it's a bit this, maybe a kind of combination what we do as a partner for the applied AI platform um, and the AI lab um, uh, that you have initiated here, Monique. And the Siemens here on this platform, um, we contribute with concrete industrial use cases. We shape also the, the strategic research and innovation agenda for AI um, in Europe. And our um, uh, next step is also to further scale Uh, the attractiveness of this platform also for the SMEs. So this is something what what I also what comes to my mind is I would say a, a quite successful project with a good outreach, um, and and last but not least, and I think it's it's not only for you, Oli, uh, that mm-hmm. I mentioned the II Lab um, here here in Munich. Um, for me, it's it's a super cool co location or co creation um, environment. Um, I know that uh, technology. Has supported uh, a couple of, of of great projects here. Um, they really developed the tangible prototypes for the next game changer um, in in a very short period. But but I think what I really like also with the AI lab that uh, the people working there they're also critically reflect the implications of, of AI um, and the digitalization on society. So what we call the really responsible AI, I would say. And for our students, it's I think it's great to work there, as be there as a working student, to have contact as an industrial PhD with um, the people in the AI lab. Um, but it's also a great place to exchange with other people players in the field of AI um, and to learn and, and to see what's, what's happening outside, what's, what's going on. And uh, hopefully, I think we, we had this very smart, small idea of the AI residency where we yeah. attract uh, the global really top-notch researchers in AI or machine learning or whatever uh, to come to Munich for for a certain period of time to work just in the co-creation environment, to bring in their ideas, to feed in trends. And, and I know that COVID was not the best um Condition for for this uh, AI residency, but but hopefully we can bring it to life again after uh, the whole situation is is a bit easier for uh, physical visits or trips or whatever.
1: Yeah, that is what we hope as well, right? (laughs) And 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 thanks for all the support uh, throughout. To to be very frankly uh, open, and I've heard that even if you work on on the AI lab, that you may end up as a you know as the podcast host sometimes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
2: Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not the worst job, right? It's a very beautiful job. It's um, very cool to talk to (laughs) so many different people. It's very inspiring. So uh, you touched upon um, a lot what um, you are doing in in, in combination with AI. But do you feel like um, AI and machine learning technologies and also with the rise of that, um, it's also influencing your day-to-day work that you're also working more with AI? Yeah, that
0: that's already that's a cool question. So so, uh, actually, my my generation uh, thought there won't come any other smarter and cooler invention than the Walkman. Um, so, but the Walkman we, we was recorded. pretty cool. Yeah, it, no, was, it was cool, it, right?
1: It's it's getting hot again. And, and it's, it's,
0: I'm I'm not doing some Edward, but you you remember this yellow one? I think that was the 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 coolest <laughs> one. The, the <clears throat> But, but okay, but but just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I think you ask a serious question. So how how could this um, uh, or does it influence our work? And I would. I'm I'm not sure if if uh, AI technologies have already reach the the arena of university relations. Um, But regarding our daily work, we could definitely need more AI techniques um, to to make our work smarter and and more efficient. And um, we are discussing this a lot in our team because as you can imagine right now, we um, just did a super huge Big data analysis when um, just identifying the future Siemens research and innovation ecosystems. Uh, This was a lot of hell of a work uh, to to derive data out out of different databases, to combine it in a small and a clever way. But it was done more or less purely manually, and and the question for us, we are a small team, so we, we were quite busy um, in, in in getting this all done. Um, we, we had good discussions exactly. So how could AI technology support our daily work? And and I would see uh, some potential fields um, of of applications in the in 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 our busy working arena. So so a big area is is the matchmaking of industry needs or or industry requests and the academic research expertise and, and competences. Um, we still use, as I mentioned, a lot of smart but human intelligence. Um, but you have always kind of limited information. You have a very individual knowledge, um, also very individual search strategies, and and you certainly have some biases too. Um, I think that's quite obvious. So what I really would like is a more uh, like to have is a more in, intelligently guided. Search uh, for the right experts, so uh, a kind of yeah personalized Amazon-like recommendation algorithm. So, which means so uh, an industrial researcher that had already collaborated with Professor X at Stanford University. He also collaborated with Professor. Uh, why at tu delft so just an example so this was would be something co- very very cool for for our work um, but I see other areas as well, so for example. Our job deals mainly with collaboration and with relationships. So um, here we we could really take also the advantage of AI uh, to help us to identify connections or links that may not be so obvious. So, for Mm -hmm. example, you have a collaboration in, in the US and this might be related or have even an impact on working being done in with a university in the UK or in in Germany, so kind of yeah would be a smart feature to have an automated alert that informs our researchers about similar projects or give recommendations with whom to collaborate best in a certain field of of research. So um I, I see fields there. Another thing. Um yeah we are always on the search of the of the hottest trends and technology developments outside, which are really relevant for for our Siemens businesses or for the tech departments and uh, You have such an enormous amount of of information out there um, that comes out of academia really every day so so having a smart companion um that is able to screen and, and match the trends automatically um would be also a, a very great help and yeah awesome. a, a last point and i think this is all, i think it's it's always on your mind talking about university relation um is how to match the the student requests for internships or for master thesis or phd thesis um with our open positions um and i think there are quite smart tools already in the market um, and mm. I know at least from my uh, human resource colleagues that they also having uh, some cool things in, in their pipeline so
1: yeah wait, yeah, for, yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, I'm, wait I'm, for it Sorry. I i uh, getting the I talent in there ah, right? the wow, Siemens yeah. Siemens researched <laughs> Tinder right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but the problem of Tinder is isn't it very regionally limited? So it, the outreach. We we should work on the outreach sure, for this sure. Tinder. Tinder that
1: is model. obviously just fun, but uh, matching matching profile yeah, and yeah. skill matching is something yeah, obviously uh, super important. So awesome! Thanks for sharing that. So the. You know, one aspect, obviously, in the AI and research community is we're talking about data, right? And we're talking about more and more about the relevancy of Mm. open source in that as well. So not only open data, can we somehow provide to the emerging talent and researchers, you know, vital problems? And that means also Mm. providing data, but also, you know, can we, you know, if we make use of the open code base the mm-hmm, github mm-hmm. and GitLabs, and which are there if we can how you know whether we can contribute to that as well so how do you see you know the current role of open source within siemens mm. inner source within university open source can yes you, can so, so
0: start, starting with the, with a with a open source movement i i would say um Open source movement literally encourage innovation through collaboration. So, very easy. Um, and this is exactly the philosophy behind our Siemens research and innovation ecosystems. Um, but I know it's it's only also a bit of slippery ground because um, in our arena, you easily mix up or, let's say, merge even open source um, with open innovation. And um, if, if you talk and, and you mentioned the open source software, GitHub, uh, our inner source, source things, um, open source mm. software is certainly an integral part of our research collaboration with the universities. Yes, I, I would say so, because it's it's a door opener for, for a lot of topics. Um, it yeah can really help to test the use cases much faster um, and I think, uh, and this is what you see also on the university side, uh, the open source software is, is a key enabler for, for the digitalization in, in, in generally. And even with our mm. global 25,000 software developers, we, we count uh, Siemens internally, um, we need the access to the external ecosystem with, with, this, with the open source software um, expertise. So I think it's, it's a clear strategy. Um, of Siemens mm. as a digital tech company, also to, to actively contribute to, to those, um, projects. And, um, last but not least, I think if, if a Siemens software expert develops a cool code, um, then we are also recognized in, in the academic community as a serious digital player, I think. And, and, um, mm. for me, there is no way out. Uh, to contribute actively to to the whole um, open source software community, and and uh, we, we use it very often in our let's say we use it more and more also in our our challenges. Um, so. For example, in one of the last DI challenges, we we used the the ROS, the the Robert Operating System. Um, But we have also kind of open source access. So what you also mentioned, open source knowledge, open source access um, challenges. So a very smart thing we have run together with the Danish Technical University for a couple of years. So we joined the DTU-X Tech Challenge and it was Mm -hmm. Quite great because we as Siemens, we provided uh, intellectual property Um, that was no longer relevant for Siemens. We gave it to a team, um, business guys, tech guys, marketing guys, and they um, tried to find a technical solution or a business model for this, not leftover IP, but IP that was no longer used within Siemens. So this for me is, maybe it's not software, it's not a code, but but it's a kind of of open source access or open source knowledge. Mm -hmm. So yes i think it it plays uh, really a, a very very um, important role also in future and and you can see it interestingly also in the in the whole field of of higher education and, at the moment um so this open source philosophy is is more and more applied Um, Also to to education because, and I think uh, with the new digital or also planned formats of learning, so knowledge has become a much better transferable asset with a much higher outreach. And um, so the curricula could become more and more interconnected, shared and and further enhanced by other partners. So this, I think, is is exactly what you have in the open source software community, but now applied or adapted Mm -hmm. to, to other fields. And um, something I could see Siemens also as a valuable contributor in in the future.
1: Nice. Nice there. Um, And uh, this goes along, actually, on on the picture that we have. Like for the last, I don't know, four years, we somehow propagate like, you know, we we need to co-create with our customers and clients, you know, because it's not out-of-the-box solutions. We want to, you know, co-innovate also together. I think this this combination of, you know, deep know-how, industrial expertise with innovation expertise and research expertise, you know, moving together, it's also a co-creation somehow joining forces with the strengths with regards mm. to academic mm. relations. Is is that pursuit, you know, are, is Siemens hacking together with students or is, you know, is that we are funding a PhD and then she or he, you know... Drives research for the next two years alone in this in this somehow in the cellar is is co ideation co creation where I bring that together is that are there programs for
0: that um, certainly and and I, I completely agree with you Oli so so I think one of the key questions that that really keeps me busy um, is is how to reach a higher permeability between industry and academia so h- how do we get mm. um, a better let's say how 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 can we achieve even closer collaboration um and and you know or we both know um that we always have also yeah let's say a lot of legal colleagues in the game (laughs) (laughs) um, who are very very (laughs) reluctant um if if it comes down to all this kind of open innovation or co-creation because this to a certain extent dilutes also a bit those kind of idea having the exclusivity on the Mm. results of of some research so i think it it is a Mm. challenge Um, i think we both agree also that uh, both sides can benefit from each other so combining academic theoretical knowledge um, really uh, with with our practical use cases um, and and that needs but also that needs that the, both sides just get a better understanding for for each each other and interestingly often we we have the the experience co-creation is a suitable vehicle to create innovation but even if you bring the best experts together um at the end of the day it's it's all about people and and uh, if if there is no fit it's it's quite hard to to really bring them to to a kind into a kind of of co-creation Um, mode but i think we we have a couple of of good examples Um, uh, we we have our challenges we have hackathons we have the capstone projects where people from our side together with the students work on really joint um, challenges and and i like really more and more those kind of environments that uh, are open and that they offer though the co-working office spaces or they have this startup like environment so um where you come together where you talk to each other and, and this is also a bit the idea um we, we follow with a with a new Siemens technology center that we um will have uh, from hopefully from from uh, 2023 on in dashing mm-hmm. Um, where we bring uh, 450 of our researchers on the university campus and we will also have around 150 uh, people from the university side in in one joint building, and, and you will have certainly the close zones or the closed zones where um, you need confidentiality and exclusivity and all this stuff. But we we want deliberately also open up and and create a bit this kind of co creation and 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 co working spirit. Um, Absolutely
1: makes sense. Yeah
0: and and yeah that's for me it's one thing the co-creation to 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 bring the people from from both worlds together and and combine the different knowledge ba- bases you have um but i see more and more also um this kind of how can we better exchange uh, the people and the experts from both sides that that they spend more time than only for a limited time of co-creation. Um, how can we bring create models where we bring people from academia into industrial practice into industrial research and and vice versa. So mm-hmm. there are models out there, industrial professors, um, but I hope that we can also contribute here and, and see much more of those uh, really couples expert exchanges in, in, in future.
2: That would be super exciting, but it's for sure a great challenge that is still ahead there. And what was also very challenging is, um, of course, the COVID pandemic. And I think it must hit you very hard because, um, I imagine the key driver behind of what you are doing with your department is to connect with students, professors, with different universities to really exchange knowledge and also collaborate closely. And you mentioned hackathons and uh, co-working and co-location. So how did the COVID pandemic actually influence the way that university relations actually thrive?
0: Yeah, that was interesting. So I, I remember quite well. It was yeah, n- nearly two years ago, March twenty twenty. Um, uh, we were really hit by the pandemic, and and then uh, we were really kind of paralyzed. We postponed, we cancelled a lot mm-hmm. of our planned events and activities, um, and 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 we then decided, yeah, but but what will it do if if the crisis will? stay a bit longer mm-hmm. and obviously um, it, it, it did um, so, so we switched a lot of, of our formats from physical to virtual uh, world so the conferences, workshop hackathons, men, even mentoring sessions or hiring interviews this was quite challenging for, for both sides uh, fortunately our research projects could more or less seamlessly be continued or overstretched and over longer planning interval um, and I think what really, um, yeah, worked out that just a strategic partnership, though a last, long-lasting partnership, um, is so reliable that it was a kind of stress test. But it 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 really um, paid off that we had such close and, and trustful partnerships um, already yeah, over over decades of, of, of time. And as, you, as I said, we, we used the time to, to rework our strategic partnership approach. And I think it gave unexpected values. We had a much better global outreach for the events, also more interaction with the whole community um, but what I added was really the new word serendipity um, so this mm. is what I really was missing to to meet people incidentally on a conference or whatever so I would say yeah the digital formats will certainly never replace the real and maybe also faithful encounters and, and we definitely learn to to live with the options and, and plan B's
1: So from your perspective, as a power woman, I would say also, right? What makes leadership for you? What is, what is you know, what is the difference between the management and the, the, the leadership in current times?
0: As a modern leader, you're a bit of everything. So you, you are a sparring partner, you're a coach, you're a visionary, you're a manager, maybe a process owner. Um, at the end of the day, you are also kind of a guarantor for, for my boss, um, that every, everything is in, in good shape. Um, I would say it's, it's really a mix. And, and if you are in a crisis, it is, you have to be more a manager than a leader, certainly. Um, but I think you are as you are. So if people often talk about you have to be authentic and inspiring, um, <laughs> yeah, can you learn to to be authentic or or to be inspiring? So you certainly can change some of your behaviors and you can change a bit your style, but I think you you can't change yourself. So it it was always my credo as as a leader that I say I wanted to uh, to lead as I wanted to be led by my leaders. And Mm -hmm. so far, I think um, it was a good credo. Um, and, and, and for me if, if you ask me what do you see as a kind of of, of inspiring leadership style is, is yeah just uh, communicate your vision. Um, share openly also your expectations, but be aware of, of your people's expectations as well. Um, mm. empower your people, and, and this is a bit of a buzzword, but nevertheless, so it's, it's, it deals with trust, with freedom, with an, uh, giving feedback, but also backing your team. Um, mm. listen, 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 I think, but, but also this kind of, yeah, celebrate also successes and, and reward your people. And this kind of leadership certainly also requires a kind of ownership from, from the people because everybody now has to take a certain responsibility.
1: Mm.
0: And, yeah, I, I'm interesting to see what's what's going on. You have those kinds of whatever organization 3.0 and culture without hierarchy. So I'm, I'm still curious to see how this will evolve within a company like Siemens.
2: So exciting times ahead, for sure. And a very beautiful advice that you already gave there or how you see leadership. Natasha, thanks so much for being the guest on our show. Um, Thanks for taking the time. We know how busy you are. And we are almost at the very end of the session. But before we finish this episode, we have that little tradition, that little game that we play at the end. It's called Authentic Autocomplete. And for the closing, I would like to give you a couple of sentence starters. And uh, I would ask you to finish them. Natasha, are you ready for this last challenge? (laughs) I am ready, yes. Thanks, Aubrey. So let's start with an easy one. Siemens is... It's not easy. Um,
0: um, Siemens is maybe not yet the first address for AI technologies and AI-enabled businesses, but it definitely should be one.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. Thanks for that.
0: Technology with purpose is? Yeah, on a first glimpse, I would say it's another new buzzword. Um, But looking closer, it's for me the perfect vehicle to start a discourse about the purpose of technology. So, it's a a kind of invitation to reflect on technology and its application. And it's certainly a dialogue between or should be a dialogue between tech-savvy people and people who are not so familiar with technology per se.
1: Love it.
2: A research ecosystem is
0: needed because… Nobody is capable to solve the challenges we are facing on its own.
2: I agree. The best advice I was ever given was
0: Oh, the best advice I was ever given was be yourself, but not too much. <laughs> so what means be open for changes, for adventures, even for risk and but reinvent yourself, leave your comfort zone. And especially work with people
2: who are different. Love it. It's very beautiful. And last but not least, if I could change one thing in the world immediately, it would be? Two things. So,
0: I would love to see less selfishness and less narcissism and maybe more sense of responsibility, solidarity, empathy, compassion. Um, and, And the second one, I'm really missing people that can laugh at themselves.
1: David... Uh, awesome. Hey, Natasha, thanks so much, not only for, you know, being open and passionate and, you know, giving us here some time and a bit of some perspective of you, but also, you know, that you, you know, for all the support throughout the, the AI initiatives, the AI collaboration that we have and the, you know, also backbone of the AI lab and the sustainability campaign and, 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 and so on. So uh, we we really enjoy and are very proud and, and super honored to have you and, you know, being part of the, in our special research uh, community and ecosystem and we're looking forward to many engagements and collaborations in the future so thanks very much for your time
0: thank you very much it was great being here and hope to stay connected with the AI lab and other initiatives in future thank you there
1: you go and folks out there
0: thank you bye bye
1: (laughs) there is so much to come I guess right stay bold committed and open-minded and we hear us at the next Siemens AI lab podcast cheers